Today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 2, 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. This morning we had we have the privilege of uh, having Gustavo Santos sharing the word of the Lord with us. Uh, Gustavo, Gustavo is a dear friend that uh, I met uh, back in 2015 at Regent College. I was already there, and then he came all the way from Brazil to start his studies there. And uh, he graduated from Regent College with his Master of Arts in Theological Studies. And uh, we had the privilege of share life through all those, those years and even up to now. And uh, Gustavo is uh, working at a Russia, which is uh, very familiar to us here. And uh, he's pursuing his PhD studies at this moment as well. So I wanted to welcome you, and it's a privilege to have you here. And uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord has to us this morning. Um, let us pray for Gustavo. Lord Jesus, um, this morning we, we, we open up our hearts and our ears, and uh, we ask that you would speak to us. Uh, we ask that your spirit will empower Gustavo to share what you have for us this morning. And uh, what we hear here this morning and what we sing and what we listen uh, and what we pray, help us to put that into practice in our lives so Christ might be seen to those around us. So bless us, bless us, Gustavo, and uh, be with us. We pray in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Felipe. That's great. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. You know, when Susanna asked us to think about something that 
um, your mom or my mom had kind of taught me, I thought a little bit of like many things. It was hard like to, to find one thing that my mom has taught me. But one of the things that she definitely taught me is to have good conversations. So she loves having conversations and I do too. So it's interesting that we're talking about conversations today and kind of that was a good reminder of who my mom is and who she taught me to be as well. So today we're giving continuity to a series. We, we are reflecting on being called and the, the many ways that we have been called by God to live in this world, right? So we started with Philippi telling us that uh, missions start with ordinary people doing ordinary things. That was the beginning. Then we had Susanna talking about obedience. Then we had Jenna talking about the fellowship, the radical fellowship. And last week we had Danny talking about seeing the world of, of God, or sorry, the work of God in the world through history, right? And we are looking at Mary as an example of that kind of ordinary call, as someone who understood what it means to follow God's call in our lives, even if it's that sounds too ordinary to be, you know, God's call. And today we're going to talk about conversations. And what I wanted us to think about is how can we see the work of God in our conversations? Or putting differently, how conversations can be a means to the work of God in our lives. And in this text, we're going to see three types or three kinds of conversations in which we can see the work of God happen. So the first type is the conversation that we have with God himself. The second type of conversation is the conversation that we have among ourselves with each other. And the third type of conversation is the conversation we have with ourselves, with our inner beings, right? So let's take a look at the text again very quickly here to talk about the first type of conversation. I'll just read it again so we kind of keep that fresh in our minds, okay? And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. No wonder. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly <laughs> there was a, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those who he is pleased. So I'm not sure if you, if you felt the same as I felt when I was reading this um, passage in terms of the magnitude of what's happening here. 
So think about it. You are, you know, just working. You're probably in the middle of your shift. And then an angel appears to you. And when we think about it, if you pay attention to the words, like the very first words of the angel are, fear not. I think that's part of their training. <laughs> right? Because if you see in scripture, every time an angel appears to us, the first thing they say is, fear not. So I don't know, but like that should be quite a, a picture if you see like an angel in front of you. Because they have to say all the time, fear not. <laughs> I don't know about you. And then I was thinking, what would that, what would be like a, an equivalent um, of like a modern, contemporary, you know, uh, version of that um, story? And I was thinking, um, and I thought of myself maybe working at Starbucks, night shift. You know, the store is not very busy. I have like my coworkers with me. And I'm just like, you know, going through the chores and all that. And now all of a sudden, an angel appears. And this angel has a message. And the message is that the Savior has been born in Burnaby. <laughs> right? If you think about like the equivalence here, that would be more or less like, Having a savior being told to you that he was born in a closer place like Burnaby. So I'm, I'm telling this and I'm saying these things so that we can enter a little bit of their story as well. Thinking about what would that mean for them? Being visited, having like a visit, a visit from the Lord. Or from a message, a messenger from the Lord. Now, what's interesting here is that they did not choose that moment, did they? So the first thing that came to my mind when I was reading this is that, well, God is the one who decides what time He's gonna talk to us. I know we we love being in control. And that's part of who we are. But we are in conversation with this being that has also his own ways of doing things. And he's the one who decides when he, he reveals himself to us. And that's a gift. Even though he says, fear not, you know, you're going to be complicated and all that. But he is the one who decides it. But now... The interesting thing is also the message. The message that the angel is bringing is one of salvation. So the Savior has been born in Burnaby or Bethlehem. He has been born. He has been born. And now, if you think about that, what does that mean? What, what, what kind of message of salvation are we talking about? We don't know what the, the shepherds thought of a savior. We know we can kind of guess a little bit what those people were thinking and expecting in terms of a savior. But we do have a little clue of what that would mean if we look back a few verses to the song that Mary sang. Do you remember that? 
So let me read for you just a few, a few verses here. Verse uh, 52 says, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble state. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Among many things, for Mary, when she first got the message of who she was going to give birth to, among many things, one of the things that she mentions is a very concrete reality of salvation. Hunger is very concrete. Power is very concrete. Richness is very concrete. So for Mary, salvation had a lot to do with this connection, not a cell phone connection, but a different connection, (laughs) with this connection with real life. So if we think about it, it is very natural for us to think about salvation in very spiritual terms. In individual terms, God saved me. I am good to go now. Someone is calling me. (laughs) The angel, maybe the angel. Fear not. Fear not. So for Mary, salvation has a lot to do with the, the concreteness of life. She knew that salvation had to do with her life. And for us to think about salvation today, there's one, one quote of um, one of my, I think my favorite intellectual these days, Cornel West. He says, justice is what love looks like in public. Oof. Justice is what love looks like in public. So it's in that that way of thinking that salvation is here understood as well. It's not about simply, you know, feeling good about ourselves. It's not about having a community to share life. That's true as well. But if we don't go one step further, that's not the full message of salvation. We're not living into the salvation that Jesus is offering to us. Now, that's a message that gets you talking, doesn't it? The pastors, the shepherds here, like pastors and shepherds, like in in Portuguese is the same word. I'm sorry about that. The shepherds here, they look at each other, they talk to each other. That gets you talking. Because if you know that the message of salvation is connected to your life, concrete life, the people that you see on the streets, the people that you, you pass by, the people that you talk to, that's something that you want to share with others. 
I find it way easier to share a message that has connection with people's lives than a message that has only to do with my warm feelings inside. I don't know about you, but that's for me. Now that gets you talking, and then they start talking about what they've seen with each other. So imagine, like, this guy's, you know, in their night um, shift, and then you have that um, messenger coming up, and then and then it doesn't stop there because after that, there's like a host of celestial beings singing glory to the Lord. And man, that, that should be really, really frightening. Beautiful, but frightening. Fear not is a good instruction. So let's see what they talk to each other. So verse 15 says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherd said to one another, let us go over Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. So that got the shepherds talking to each other. It got the shepherds talking to Joseph and Mary as well. So you have these guys here, like the shepherds, you know, common people, ordinary people, just in a, having like a massive collective experience. God communicating with us directly and they have now a message so they have now to talk about it to other people. Another kind of conversation. And I imagine that's not a message that's kind of easy for you to convene. You know, you go to a couple that just had their baby to say all these things about their child. That's heavy. But they were not afraid. They were not afraid of having difficult conversations. Even if that meant different things for different people in that scenario. And I think for for us today, I think there's something here about having difficult conversations as well. Regardless of the message we have, I feel like we are losing a little bit our ability to have good, deep conversations with each other. There's so much that gets between us before we start having a meaningful conversation. The things that I I think about God... The things that I think that you think about God. The things that I think that you think that I think that I think that you think that I think that you think about God. There's so many assumptions in the air. Especially after COVID, we heard so much about polarization, haven't we? It's becoming more and more difficult 
to have meaningful conversations because we never get to the core of what we're trying to say. Because we might be afraid. Afraid of losing something. Back in the day, way back in the day, the matters of faith were discussed in public. People would talk about their, their faith or their understandings about God with each other. So truth was pursued in conversation, in dialogue, in the exchange of words. At some point in history, that's, that might be very clear to many of us, when Christianity became the religion of the empire, conversation kind of stopped. Because now, you don't have conversations anymore. You have the statements. You have dogmas. You have how the world works laid out for you. You don't have to think about it. This is how it works. Fast forward 1,500 years. Here we are. Afraid of losing that power. We still want to say what people should think about God. I'm not saying that we should not have, not have conversations about God. I'm just saying that we do not hold the whole truth. And it was never supposed to be like that. And that's fine. The word became flesh. The word did not become a book. The word did not become a building. The word did not become a statement. The word became flesh. And Jesus... This flesh does not need bodyguards. He's fine. We don't have to be afraid of having difficult conversations with people that do not share the same things that we think about God. We don't need to protect Jesus from difficult conversations about himself. We can engage because you know what? We are missing out. When we avoid conversations with people that sometimes do not align with us, we are missing out. We're not learning everything we should learn. And more, we're actually very likely missing out on the work of God in our lives. We become less human if we do not engage in conversations with other people. The church must be a place for people to have difficult conversations. 
about God, about faith, about everything that's going on in the world. Why not? That's the Jesus we serve. That Jesus that was in the middle of the people. Now how do we do that? How do we engage in meaningful conversations about everything that's going on? Well, we can do what Mary did. What did she do? First thing she does is to listen. And then she treasured it up. And then she pondered. Let's, let's read it here. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen before he was conceived in the womb. So what Mary seems to be doing here, in my reading of this, is to listen. She's listening without judgment. Think about it. Like, you just gave birth. I would never know what that means, but you just gave birth. And some guys from the field come to you and say, well, we saw this angel. We saw these things. We heard these things. We know these things about God. Let me tell you. Let us tell you what we know about God. And then Mary looks at them and says, huh, who are you? Hello. I'm the mother. No. She listens. And she treasured that up. And then she pondered. So maybe that, that this is a, a clue. Like this is a hint for us. In order for us like to be able again to have meaningful conversations about our faith. And about everything that's going on in the world. We should listen more. We should treasure more. We should ponder more. Before we say something. I think that the world we're living in is really not conducive to meaningful conversations. Because we want to... To say our peace. And when someone say, says something that we don't like, we cancel them. Christians don't cancel anybody. That's not who we are. There's no canceling the kingdom of God. We listen. We do say things, but we listen. We engage in conversation. That's how Jesus taught us. That's how Mary taught us. Even before Jesus. Maybe Mary taught Jesus. I don't know. So may we think about listening and treasuring things up before we engage in conversations. 
Because that's how God is teaching us to do through Mary, through Jesus, and through the disciples and all of the, the good part of the history of the church. is about engaging. I turned 40 this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And one of my friends says that the 40s are more or less like a hinge that you can look back and try to understand where you're coming from, but you still have like enough energy to look for the future and think about what's coming next and kind of think how do you make that happen. And one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about these days is what do I want to be or who I want to become and how do I define success in my own life, right? And one of the things that came up is this what I'm sharing with you. I want to be able, as a follower of Christ, I want to be able to engage in meaningful conversations with whoever, regardless of their race, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of their banking account, regardless of where they live, regardless of where they're coming from, regardless of where they're going to, regardless of what they think about God and hell and heaven and salvation, I want to be able to engage with anyone in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would too. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.